Hey guys, Jake the Podcast Guy here, and welcome to Sunday Night Teacher Talk on Teacher Class Off Radio, where CJ Reynolds answers your questions live and in real time. You can participate in the show every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Real Rap with Reynolds YouTube channel. If you miss the live show, don't worry. Each episode is uploaded the following Monday to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. You can also join our Facebook group to communicate with other educators from around the world. Now, on to the episode. There it is. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sunday Night Teacher Talk. I am CJ Reynolds, and I run this YouTube channel called Real Rap with Reynolds. Real rap, we all know, has nothing to do with my ability to rap. That is a skill set I often said that I do not possess. Um, what I do possess is some know-how of the education system. Well, not the education. I'm not going to say I have know-how of the education system, but I know how to connect with kids, and I know how to make learning engaging. Um, and... I don't have to be good at everything because I have this incredible crew that's here with me every single Sunday and beyond. Now, if you're a part of this community, then you're bringing something to this also, right? I'm like, I'm like basically Hawkeye in the Avengers, right? Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty low level character, but like there are folks in here that are the Tony Starks and the Hulks and the Thors. Thors. Oh yeah. I love me Thor. He's my fave. So, what we're doing here is trying to help you out on Sunday, which is typically the most terrifying day of the week for teachers. And we're just trying to help you to navigate this stuff and to start the best year off, the year off the best that you can. And to that end, I want to talk about two things right on, on, on the front end here. Um, one is, let me pull up my, my stuff here. We are doing, so last year we did a teacher class off workshop. This year we have redesigned what we're what we're talking about what we're giving what we're doing here and what we're trying to do is create the uh, oh wait that's the facebook group i got confused you got new the not so secret wife made all these new banners in here so what we're doing is a back to school boot camp and um why is it a boot camp right we're not doing push-ups or anything like that it's just we like alliteration around here so back to school boot camp is an the idea is helping teachers start the year with what I think is the most important thing. And we're not just starting the year with it. It is like a set it, not almost set and forget it. So here's our, here's our idea. What if, um, when you're starting the year and you have all the things to do, all the meetings to go to, you have all of the, uh, all of the, the copies to make the lesson plans to come up with the cleaning and organizing and, and decorating of your classroom. What if we could help you take off your plate the first week or so and really give you some really strong ideas on how to create classroom management strategies that actually work because there's all kinds of stuff out there right we've all been taught how to do classroom management they told you in college and uh or in the program that you were in whether it's like alternate route or your teach for america but then we all know not all that stuff really works and so what if i could walk you through stuff that actually works and then the, th- the thing that has to go has to go in tandem with it, which is why we're talking about these two things, is building relationships with students. Because if you can build strong relationships from the jump, if you can make kids want to come to your classroom because they know you care about them, you know they know that they're seen by you, that just makes classroom management so much easier, especially in the beginning of the year when you're trying to figure out who kids are. So how do we fast track that? And have you knowing more about any student in your classes than any other teacher, hands down. So if we could take that off your plate, what would that be like? So we are having this back to school boot camp. It is happening on um, August 9th and 10th. We're going to do it at night um, at 730 because that gives teachers, especially on the West Coast, time to be able to jump in um, and there's no time that works best for the whole world. Uh, I realize that there's people beaming in from all over the world, but um, we felt like this was like probably the best time. And we picked these two topics because in our Facebook group, we polled everyone and we polled them on Instagram as well. And these were the two things that people said they needed the most help with. So this will be the first one. We're going to have another one at the end of August. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about that topic and stuff uh, later. So in the comments section, I'm going to put it right now. If you want to go over, you can go up and sign up for this thing. Oh, wait, no, that didn't, that didn't work. I didn't, I wasn't as dialed in as I thought I was there. Um, let's get into it. There it is. So it's in the, uh, I'm just going to keep putting it in the comment section all night. Um, that's it. Awesome. It's 
it's going to be a great time. And it's chock full of like real practical info, like cool. how to actually get it all done. That's it. Okay. Oh, yeah. Tons of resources that come with it. I won't say they're free because, you know, you're paying for the boot camp. So it's like comes with it. Tons and tons of free resources. All the stuff that I use, plus the templates that I use, the rubrics that I use. I mean, it's, it is it is there. We're trying to make this as as easy of a choice for you as possible and something that's actually going to help you start the school year. Um, and then at the end of the show, I'm going to do one of these before you ask the first question. Um, I want to tell everyone what we're doing tonight, but I want to tell them at the end of the show because I'm excited uh, and I don't want to take up too much time on the front end. Okay. So um, hit it, wife. Part of me was like, what are we doing tonight? What everyone are we doing forgot. tonight? Uh, Why did we buy a champagne bottle that shoots out confetti? Why would we do that? For fun. All right. Our first question is coming from Catherine. Can you take that? banner down for me um she's saying hey reynolds how often are you observed as a teacher how often do you think teachers should be observed in order for them to grow during the year great question i was Catherine. last year i was observed like eight or nine ten time more than that i I kind of lost track there was was so many times i want to say it was 13 (laughs) to 15 times yeah it was last year um, in my 16th year of teaching, I can say that I was, I don't, I don't know if, I think I had been observed that many times my whole career until last year. <laughs> Were they worthy? Right. I think observations are great. I think that they are super useful if they're done right. If they are, um, done by someone that knows who they're looking for, someone that cares. I know when I observe teachers, so like when we do in, in school consulting, when I work as a, as a mentor with teachers and, and do professional developments, things of that nature, I do, I put a lot of emphasis into like, what am I looking at? And so sometimes I've been observed. And um, when I was worked in Camden, New Jersey, I'm just going to say that my man was in the back on eBay the whole time. And how do I know that? Because I pretend that I forgot something behind my desk and I'd grab it real quick and I'd go back there and he's just scrolling away on the eBay. Um, I like so, that you went and looked. Oh, yeah. Because I knew, I knew he was doing something else. I could see like a reflection in his glasses. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd get my observation. I was like, I'm not paying attention to any of this. Um, like one time, I think I wrote about this in the book, um, that I got observed and I was told, one of the things I got dinged for was that I didn't have class student work on the walls. And I'm just like, the whole room was decorated in, as the Globe Theater. We were performing Romeo and Juliet instead of just reading it. And all the kids helped me. I'm like, the whole room is student work. Like, do you think a bulletin board with some hundreds on it is going to be like, the, that's that's what you're looking for? Like, this isn't enough? So um, I think it can be done well. I think folks that are that are new should get clearly get observed more or someone that's new to a school because a school might have a very specific way they're trying to do things or a way that they roll. And so you want to help people be able to like um, assimilate into the culture there. Now, you know, I, I formal observations still make me nervous because um, it's going on my formal paperwork and things like that. But I, I think that having some sort of um, like a ton of informal, like even five, 10, 15 minutes. So like my guy, uh, Joel Witter, who is um, used to be my, head of curriculum at my school and now is like a curriculum developer for the city of Philadelphia. Witter would come in for like 10 minutes at any given time in your class, right? Never told you when he was going to come in, but he would watch like your class, how you started uh, popping in the middle of class, cop in and see how the end of your class went, would write a bunch of questions down on a post-it note, just leave it with you. So it wasn't a lot of like definitive, like, this is what you should be doing. It's, I'm curious why you did this, right? And I love that because I love curiosity. And I love when people don't come at me with their opinions before they come at me with their questions. So he would have this fuller sense of what was going on. Then he would just suggest things like, hey, have you tried doing this? Or maybe you could try doing this. And then we would have a conversation about it to get to the best practices instead of someone just dropping their bomb on me. And and that really, really worked. Um, So, you know, how many times? I don't know. I still think, I mean, as a as a more senior educator now, I mean, if I was observed three times a year, I feel like that's that's fine. Um, yeah, because doesn't that feel like overkill as a senior educator still? Or no, is it not still a, if I'm learning from someone that's really good, though. 
right? Yeah. Like, well, so look, I want to just highlight um, Tracy Pinter pointed out. She says uh, in the comments, when it is meant to support and coach, it is good. When mm. it is when it is an evaluation tool that has consequences, not so good. Yeah, exactly. You know, that kind of just you just just basically described that exact model. So let me say like this: with if someone's a professional baseball player, right? They get coached every day at batting practice. Right. Every day. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're a pro. They're like the 1% of what they're right, doing. Right, the best of the best. So for teachers to think that they don't need it is silly, but it's is the quality there. Right? So like that's why I love I love mentoring people and, and sitting in their classrooms and seeing what they're doing and helping them out because it's like, you know, as a teacher, I love doing this because I'm going to – I know I'm going to give good feedback. So, but when you feel like you're not getting good feedback, I just, I don't even care. Like, yeah. I just, you know, well, me. they become arbitrary yeah. and pointless. Yeah. Cool. Um, Let's go. Okay. Our next question is coming from Jacob. Um, he's asking, my school lost over 10 teachers this summer, found out the surrounding schools are paid significantly more than us and our board refuses to pay us to match or come closer. Yep. Um, hold on. We're two part or I got to find it. Um, second part is when it is time, when is it time to look at other schools? I don't feel like the money is everything before I found out that we were paid less than other schools. I couldn't see myself going anywhere else. Yeah. So Jacob, my thoughts around this have changed drastically over the years that when I started, um, I'm going to tell you how much I made and and some people are going to be appalled because they probably still make that or less. Um, but I'm, that's the caveat. Oh, it's in a video, I think. Yeah, no, you know, but I, I remember one time, like, we said it, and, like, somebody got, like, really pissed off. I know, you have were, to like, remember cost of living for areas. Yeah. It's like, we're East Coast, it's very expensive. Yeah. Like, West Coast is expensive. Middle of the country, yeah. less expensive. So, when I started teaching, um, I I was, at the time, living in the neighborhood that I live in now. Um, I moved here with, as part of an intentional community that was a part of our church that we wanted to be good neighbors in a neighborhood. So we all bought houses in the same neighborhood. There was about 50 of us here. Um, so I didn't even need as much money. I had no kids at the time. Um, we had, it was just my wife and I, well, actually, uh, at that time there were no kids. When I bought my house, I had a kid. Um, but we used to like borrow everything. Like we had like a lawnmower that we would just borrow. Cause I have this little tiny row home backyard and stuff. So there was, that, that was the living situation I was in. I will say though, that when I, um, as my kids got older, especially when my son like started presenting a number of like, uh, delays in his speech, he didn't speak until, um, after he was four years old, he didn't, um, he like, Everything was on like the last moment of like, if they're like, oh, your kid should walk by this time. My son was literally like the last hour of the last day of the last moment that like you should walk. He was like, we were like, oh my gosh, he finally walked. Like we (laughs) thought we were going to be carrying this kid the rest of his life. So like it was, but then it got, it became more and more progressed where like bro was like, uh, we had to just like, it costs a lot of money, right? Like if you have a kid with any, that's a little bit different in any way um it costs a lot of money it costs tests for neurologists and audio specialists and all the stuff right (laughs) and then as they get older kids are just expensive and so what i found was that when i taught in camden i just couldn't live off of that so i started in camden i think i made thirty two thousand dollars a year and i didn't get paid in the summer so my last check was in june june 15th and then my next check wouldn't happen until September 15th. No, that wasn't your starting rate. I think your starting rate was like like lower than that. It was no, like 28. It, it was not in the 20s. It, it was wasn't. definitely in the 30s because I felt like that was such a big – that felt like so much money to me. Well, yeah, at that time. But then we realized <laughs> that we actually made more working at Home Depot yeah. full-time um, than I did as a teacher. But I was on mission, so I didn't care. Now, I care a lot. I would never go back to a school and get underpaid again. And here's why. Because there are schools – that I could work with the same, like there's a, there is, um, my teaching is still mission driven. And so I have always felt drawn to like specifically, um, inner city, right? So like, not just like low socioeconomic level, I'm talking about like, there's a very specific demographic that I, that I feel like God has called me to. So in that, um, it is like, you need to be able to, like there are schools that that are doing the same work um, that I was doing in Camden. So West Philly was doing the same amount. I got like a 
$25,000 raise or something when I went to something bonk, maybe it was $20,000 raise. That was life changing at the time for us. And so as you're getting older and as like you need a new car, like I just don't think teachers should have to struggle. And so if that school is not willing to do it, like they need to make teachers first. If we, here, here, here we go. Ready? Education's only ever about kids. But if we don't put teachers first in schools, then we can't do anything else. When teachers feel like they are loved, like they're cared for, like they, they don't have to worry about money. They're not working bartending after school or working at a retail store after school or filling up their summers with 75 extra jobs. Like I used to work four jobs a summer just to be able to cover my mortgage and to put like basically craft macaroni and cheese and ramen on my table. My kids ate peanut butter and jelly every day of every summer, sometimes twice a day, because we didn't have money for anything else. And you know how I got away with it? I got cookie cutters and I had to start cutting them in shapes. <laughs> who wants a snowflake for dinner? Yeah, I want a snowflake. Who wants a uh, heart? Like it was like, you just start getting creative and how you're presenting your P and J, but like they shouldn't have to live that way. So now I would, unless I felt like I was direct, it was a direct missional calling for me to go to a specific space and place and price point, um, I just wouldn't do it. Money is way, a way bigger part of the conversation these days, especially when you have kids, especially when you have bills and student loans and all that stuff. Um, teachers shouldn't have to work 20 extra hours a week just to make ends meet. And, nope. the, and, the, and the real fact is, is there's kids everywhere at every school that need good teachers yep. and good mentors and good adults in their lives and people to connect yep. to. And kids you know what? Growing is just a hard deal and they just need good, solid adults in their lives. And, and so when you, you walk that in to that new school that is appreciating you, that's loving you and they're showing you, right? It's by their actual care and their monetary investment in you. You will see those kids in that first day of, oh, this is why I'm here. This is why this is why I'm yeah. supposed to be here. Like this kid is why I'm supposed to be here. You'll yeah. know right away. And it's like just because teaching is a job for the heart and people get into it because it's a calling or a mission or, you know, on that level, it doesn't mean that you should be taken advantage of. It really doesn't. We need to flip that narrative. It's not mm -hmm. you don't have to be a martyr to be here because you're here for your heart. There is healthy to have boundaries and all of those things. Look at in anything in your and life, right? It just doesn't happen, it seems like. But that's what's everything, world. right? Like, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too hard, but like, uh, maybe we'll do it on our new podcast that we want to start. Um, we should uh -oh, tell everyone about that. Someone's disagreeing with us <laughs> so that, in the comments. That's, that's I fun. love it. I wish they could all be here that we could like chime in. I, I love know, those I conversations. Because it's, it's not about me just like standing on a soapbox right. and saying, but I, I think that. You know, it's it's hard as you get older, especially when you like in our case with a child that had developmental issues and needed extra stuff that we like legitimately like we couldn't pay for. And so I want to say that that's where our that's where our like we come from that place because we, we really struggled like it was a need. This this channel did not start because it was just a fun. I mean, it started because it was fun for Brody and he wanted to do YouTube and we learned yeah. the skill. But this really real rap with Reynolds started because there was a need. Our like I had to stay home with my kids. Like yeah. I had to eventually homeschool because I had a school that failed. It's like we have a very long story and I think that that's part of what forms our opinion. I'm sure it's a it's really it's a bigger conversation and it is a I think it's a case by case scenario yeah. and person and the place that they're at. There's so many variables that there's not we're definitely yeah. not saying it's just one way. Do you want to do the disagreement? Do, is well, it still offered in the past? Did they get lost in the sauce? Why? Um, oh, here's something. They said, I made a lot more at another school, but treated like trash and had to make the change. Took less. Yes, it's hard. I have three kids, but I'm happier. Oh, at facts, facts right? It's not just facts, money facts, that facts, makes facts. the decision, no, right? It is no. 100%. You have to go where you're... No. All the things. Respected, like, treated well. Like Camden was run so poorly yeah. that they could have offered me $100,000 a year, and I would have been like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, well, I, I think that's the truth for even... Yeah, but let's not, that's the that's former. a bigger yeah, that's a whole other. <laughs> yes, we agree with that's you. Too fresh. Though, like, I don't want to talk sure. about that one. Okay, let's, anyway, let's keep going. Jacob, we questions. should give him an award every week for uh, it's like the rabbit hole. Right. Like what question sends you down the longest rabbit hole? You it's or like ding, throws ding, ding, us ding. in like a super rant. Yeah. What do you win? I got Jacob. Some, you won. I got piles of note cards back here. <laughs> okay, our next question comes from John Lopez. My man. He's asking, what would you have in a calming corner for teachers? A 
Now, I know, like, pause. It's like, which way can you answer this? In a joke way? Because I know that that's where you're going. Or legit. I was going to say a bar cart. Yep. Like in Mad Men. I knew it. Uh, You know, Lopez, in a calming corner for teachers, I had this idea that what if teachers' lounges were something that people, like, a place people wanted to be in? And so what would that look like? And I think it would look like, because um, I don't want just a corner, Lopez. I want four corners. I want a room. And I, I actually want like two a rooms. De-escalation I can room. tell you what they should have. <laughs> I think that school should have one. I'm saying free coffee for everyone, and I'm and I don't want mediocre coffee. Don't put some Folgers in the break room, right? I want some high quality, organic, uh, whole bean coffee that I got to grind, and I want the French press. I want the whole situation, Lopez, um, or. I have my friend Randy teaches in California in like a really rich school and they got a barista. I know. When you he know told this? us that, I know. When he told us that, I was like, I remember what? one day there was like a shooting on the way to school and I was like, I called him for something and I was like, yo, there was like this like a shootout. No one got hurt, but like they had to close all these streets because the cops were there and then I was late getting to school and I was like, and then I couldn't make copies and he was like, I know. I was late to school today too and like the barista already left. <laughs> Bro, what? Wait, what? didn't you go to a conference somewhere in Canada? And, yeah, like, the teachers in Vancouver. Had, like, oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, I don't <laughs> even drink coffee anymore. This guy says, I don't even drink coffee in the afternoon anymore. I go, oh, like, what would you switch to? Like, you doing Red Bull? Like, what are you doing? Like, Tell us your Adderall? secret. <laughs> and he was just like, he goes, um, no, I just go for a run, like in the Redwoods. And I was like, oh, all right, well, bet. Like, all right, you go for a run. And then, like, you're energized when you come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, he took a shower. Yeah, but I go, I go, do you like too. stink for the rest of the day? And Sweaty. he's like, oh no, you just go like to the teacher locker room and get a shower real quick. And then I, I was like, what? <laughs> they also had, they had a masseuse come in two days a week. I love it though, but, but right that goes to the fact that you laugh, right? You, we laugh. No, but we really it should, should happen. Yes, teachers I want should a masseuse be treated in my, with that in my level. Thing. I think lowest level, it's yeah. free coffee. It's somewhere to sit that's chill, that, that kids don't have access to, that is quiet. Um, I think free snacks, at least on a Friday, something my old principal used to do that was brilliant and, and people loved. Um, and I just think like a place that's warm and inviting. It doesn't look like a doctor's waiting room, but it's somewhere that like makes you want to be there. Like put some pictures up of your staff, like having fun and like, oh, we were at the barbecue last summer and here I got the picture blown up and we got on the wall. Yeah. It's sick. It's so easy. And to there's do like such possibility for music or fun or like a pool table or like ping pong or something that's like not crazy but it's like yeah we're trying to like unload in here for 20 minutes during lunch and then like chopping up with your friends i just think that that a space that would evoke that yeah i agree all right our next question is coming from william uh i'm a first year teacher i am teaching world history and u.s government how do i balance working on two main subjects i have a preference for one subject but don't want to put less work into the other sure so william i would say one, um, don't recreate the wheel. Find work, right? So, like, I know a lot of people aren't a big proponent of, like, things like teachers pay teachers and, and stuff like that. But it's finding somewhere that you can go to. And, look, I, I'm not against TPT. Um, if you can find someone on there that, like, makes good stuff. So, I will say, like, uh, I have a friend on YouTube, um, Megan Forbes, who's too cool for middle school, right? She runs a legit class. She's a great teacher. And she makes resources. Why wouldn't I buy her resources? Like if I was teaching history um, to middle school kids, why wouldn't I? So there's, I know a lot of people that do stuff on TPT. And so like, if you can find things, um, especially if you can get your school to pay for them, just find things from other places. Or you could go right into our Facebook group. Um, Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook is a really great place to um, connect with other teachers. And you might be able to find someone that's like, yo, does anyone have like... um, high school U.S. government um, stuff that I could use or can I ask questions about it? So so it's not recreating the wheel. It's finding someone that's already doing the work, that's creating the work and then um, stealing or borrowing from them. Yeah, someone um, uh, gave her a great person to go hit up on TPT. Cool. I think it was Laura Randizzo. Somebody. You did a really good I don't job. Know. That was really good pronunciation. Um, Randizzo so, something or other. So the other thing is how many things can you par- – so what I do when I teach different classes is they're all run the same way, right? So every day – let's say it's like this, right? 
So if I'm running my class and the first five minutes are a journal, right? So it's like if you're, you have a topic, you're doing it. Um, then we're going over the meat of the lesson for, let's say, 10, 15, 20 minutes, depending on the content. Then it's like the last, however, chunk of, of time is getting started on something that we're going to work on the next day. Right. So for each class, I could do like basically the same journal or at least I know it's a journal. So it's a plug in. Then I know like I'm going to teach something. Are some of the concepts you're teaching in world history the same as U.S. government? Because if there are some tie overs, even if it's like once a week, if you're doing like current events once a week or something, it's like, oh, Wednesdays are current events. So Wednesdays for me have always been independent reading days. So you read a book of your choosing. We read quietly for 15 to 20 minutes. Um, sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on the class and the energy and things of that nature. But it is, I just, it's like a set it and forget it. Every Monday in every class, no matter what is vocabulary, is that like I'm giving you this week's vocabulary. And sometimes those words are the same, but even if they're not, you're finding this rhythm where it's like, all right, on Mondays we do this in both classes, Tuesdays we do this. And then that finding that rhythm helps you to just know what you're plugging in there. Um, and after you're First year, you'll have a lot to go on. Here's my advice. As you're going through lessons this year, take notes. I keep everything digital. I used to keep it all on paper, but it gets to be a mess. I have Google Docs of like just quick notes. Did it work? Did it not work? What do I want to change for next year? You think you're going to remember. You will not. Um, that's a lot. That's, <laughs> that is, there's so much stuff that's going to happen this year. So many decisions that need to be made that I'd suggest taking notes um, and then just make it better from there. All right. Our next question is coming from Anne. I give my students bell ringers for, did we even read this one? Nope. Oh, I give my students bell ringers for when they enter the room, but I, I get bogged down in coming up with meaningful bell ringers every single day. Any tips? Um, Man, my comment was meant for this one. I already read it in my head because <laughs> I pre-read all these things about a resource for somebody. It oh, was from oh, this, this comment. One. Yeah. Got it. My bad. Um, I think one and um, do bell ringers have to be meaningful every day? Some of my favorite journal entries um, are the most absurd things ever, right? So like the one that gets the kids the most insane every year is what's better, waffles or pancakes. And in your mind, there are people on here right now that said whether it was waffles or pancakes. Uh, and in your head, you're going, no, there's no way because pancakes are way better or waffles are way better or whatever. But um, but what that does is sometimes it's not the question. It's the, did I just get you excited about writing your answer? And you're not allowed to just talk in my class after we do a journal. You're not allowed to paraphrase. You have to read your answer. And so if you want to win this battle, then you got to say, like, you have to have a well thought out answer of like sit there for five minutes and think about which one do I like more and what can you do more with and, and, and things like that. So it's, it's creating something that builds excitement. And sometimes it's just something that like it builds the team. I'll tell you one, it, my favorite, I didn't think it was going to be my favorite movie of the summer, Top Gun Maverick, right? Just saw it the other day. Um, and it was so good. And one of the, th and part of the reason I loved it was, I see, and not this is, sounds a little narcissistic. I see, my, I see a lot of myself in Maverick, um, <laughs> because the way that he does stuff and he just doesn't listen to rules and things like that. Like I just, I just it is very you know. much that you are very similar but to that character in that the way. The part <laughs> where they have like it's like it's like the sexy moment, right? Where it's like all these like shirtless dudes that are all muscly and and like playing curiously <laughs> oily, um, playing football on the beach with one another. Maverick sitting, he was playing with them, sitting there watching them, and his commanding officer comes over. The admiral comes over and goes, these pilots have a lot of work to do before this mission. What are you doing? And he goes, I'm building a team right now. And he was like, so there was this moment of like, sometimes fun builds, builds culture. It builds connection. It lets you know who your students are, what they're about, who's willing to do something. Who, like, so sometimes you have to remember that the fun in all of this is like, is important, right? It's not just a nice to have, um, but it is a, important. So, um, you know, I'm sure I'm certain someone's going to give you a, a resource that's going to help you find more meaningful bell ringers. But I'm just saying that not all the time do they have to be super 
uh, super educational as long as it's just setting up the day, setting up the next activity, right? So I have questions like, what's the muddiest you've ever been? And then we go into a lesson where like, that's going to be important, right? Like we talk about imagery and it's like, can you create a scene in someone's head of the scenario that you were in? But I don't tell the kids it's about imagery. It's like, yo, for real, what's like the dirtiest you've ever been in your life? And then someone tells a story and it's like, all right, now let's look at their story, right? So on the back end, I'm, I'm, it's educational, but on the front end, it just seemed like another silly question that, like, of course everyone wants to answer that. All right, our next question is coming from Deborah. What's the best way a co-teacher can help you with struggling learners? So I think it depends on the co-teacher's strength. Um, when I, so I've had a lot of co-teachers um, in a very short amount of time, which makes me sound like I am not someone you want to teach with but i <laughs> i don't think it was my fault um no so like she did say um by the way it's for sixth grade language arts okay so i teach ninth grade literature which so it's not too far off from what you're probably working with in in many ways anyway um so my friend yonkers that used to to work with me she was really great at creating resources and simplifying assignments and like um reading through tests and like making them so that they were like equitable for kids that had uh, different needs in the classroom. Um, my friend, uh, so then I taught with someone else, uh, Miss Mann and Miss Mann was really great at creating higher level. So like sometimes when you have like that co-taught model or you're teaching students that have a lot of IEPs, a lot of teachers, and I'm guilty of this sometimes too, you make things too easy. Um, and so, so with those students in mind, but then it's making it easy for the other kids in class that like need a little bit, need something that's a little bit more difficult. She was really good at helping me like, um, find the equality in that way as well. Right. So we went the other way finds, um, was really, really great at doing one-on-ones with kids and getting kids that like really didn't care about school, didn't want to be there, were miserable every day that were super shy, um, that maybe were on the spectrum that maybe really struggled with, um, like a learning disability, like dyslexia or something like that. He was so good at like getting those kids engaged, making them feel worth it, making them feel like they could understand it, they could grasp it. And so that's what he did. And then, um, you know, I've just had different people like last three years, uh, Miss C, um, was great at like most of that stuff. She was like the whole package of all that stuff. So it's, it's really finding what their strength is. So that's a conversation between you all is like, what are the needs in class? And then how do we meet them? And what, so what are our, both of our strengths? So we're going to be able to do that. And I think that's a conversation that all co-teachers should be having. I think all teams should be having in school too, is like as business owners, one of the things that we've just started talking about is like, yo, we need to have a heavy, deep and real about like, what are we actually good at? What are we not good at? And what do we need to hire for? So we've been doing interviews this week, or my wife's been doing interviews this week on hiring people to like take the resource material that I have and making it look like cool um, or mm-hmm. like looking at the, the design of it, the way that it's laid out and stuff like that. So we can start selling resources to teachers that need them um, and really meeting that need. But it's something I've not done for so long because I'm just like, I just don't make things look cool. Like I'm, you know, I, I say, uh, my classroom is like the Ramones, right? Like we got like, there's like a handful of chords that we use and the songs are all a little bit gnarly, but man, the show is, is badass. Um, whereas like, I need someone that's going to be able to market that someone's going to be able to do the lights and the sound and stuff. Cause I'm just going to sit in my garage and CBGBs or something like that. And just <laughs> like, that's my strength is yep. the show. Yep. All right, our next question is, last year was my first year mentoring a grad student known as a resident teacher. My leadership team was so pleased with how much my mentee grew. Now I have two mentees this year. Nervous advice. So, um, first of all, you win best profile picture of the day. That's a fantastic profile picture. I wonder if that's your Um, real hair. It's fantastic if it is. I used to have hair that was that color, which no one will believe, but Mm -hmm. it was true. I remember. I had a mohawk, too, and it was purple. Um, so I, I think one, um, sometimes these moments are moments that really make us grow, right? So if we're not like, if, 
I look, I think teachers sign up for too much stuff. I think teachers put too much on their plate. But I don't think you're doing too much unless you're you're like frazzled by it, right? And nervous energy can be the same thing as excited energy. Apparently, you have something to give. You have something to, to show up and to share with someone that they're really going to grow with and feel better about. And you're making people's lives better. Now, look, that, I think that's hard partially. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speculate a little bit here is because we wonder if we have enough. We wonder if we are enough. We wonder if we have what it's going to take for this person. Like, what if last year was just lucky? What if I what if I didn't do as good of a job as everyone says, but I just it just looked like I did? Like, but what you have to get away from is telling that voice to shut up. Because guess what? Your ordinary is someone else's extraordinary. Right? And that's ex- critically important to, to, to keep in mind because educators too often they they they, they tear themselves down. They they tell themselves that they're not good enough because you couldn't reach every kid or because you can't get all the stuff done. But in reality, there's some things that you're really, really good at. So I would go into this moment looking at what you're good at and not focusing on what you're not good at. That You can't give that, right? So it's like making even a list. Like what are like a handful of topics that I think I can help someone with this year? Is it organization? Is it uh, connecting with other teachers? Is it, you know, things like that. And then the other thing that you can always, always give is a place for someone to share what they're thinking, share what they're feeling, and then you can show up and just care about them. So, you know, when I do consulting with schools, one of the things I do all the time is um, is give back to school like little gift things. It's a little box, has like some expo markers in it, some note cards, some post-its, like all the crap that you run out of like in no time. Um, and there's never enough expo markers. So... It's, it's giving a little bit of something. It's showing up in someone's room unexpectedly saying, hey, I'm just checking in and see how your day was going. How you doing? And it's so Walt Disney had this idea of surprise and delight that he wanted when you went to Disney World that you would be surprised and delighted by all kinds of things. That's why they always have like surprise. Like there's like, wait, is there a parade at, on a, at 2.15 in the afternoon? Um, wait, there's fireworks happening tonight? Like no one said anything about that. It is all of this stuff. That is meant to surprise and delight. And we can do that even on a really practical scale in school to just show up, to give someone something, to be able to show them how to use the printer, how to where is the extra toner? Because there's never, there's never enough toner in the printer. Um, and so it's I think it's that kind of stuff too. That's the ordinary stuff that is extraordinary to someone else and is going to make their year better. That's what I would focus on. All right, our next question is coming from Ashton. Oh, by the way, she said her hair is real. That hair color awesome. is real. It's fantastic. The, makeup, the whole it. situation. That was mm-hmm. fantastic. All right, Ashton's asking, follow uh, follow on from the money question. What should my expectations be for work-life boundaries when teaching? What are the limits of healthy workload, and how much is too much to be asked of me? All right, so Ashton, um, you get you get biggest, longest question. <laughs> <laughs> this is I love this topic so much I could go on and on about it and this is actually going to be our next boot camp is this is part of what that's going to be tied into is like creating a work-life balance um it is not the same for everyone I, I, here's what I can say about it right now like in in a in a nutshell where'd that come from Lopez where'd that come from oh my gosh stop it rabbit, rabbit no, trail stop I'll tell you what that. Lopez knows <laughs> probably um, He'll be like, it happened in the 17th century when they were... Or he's Googling it right now. <laughs> Lopez just knows stuff. Um, so, uh, boundaries when teaching. Let's do this. I I think, one, one if we're going to talk about money real quick, right? I don't think enough people, and I know that this was early on me being guilty of this, having a sense of, of designing your life. What do you want your life to look like? Not what do you want your life to look like because you're a teacher. What do you want your life to look like? And so it is designing a life that you want, right? So like what kind of food do you want to eat? Someone asked a question in Facebook the other day. I didn't get to answer it yet in the Facebook group. Um, that was like one of the sp- kind of, sp- they feel like it's a splurge this year that they're going to make to have like a, a Basically, like a HelloFresh, right? They're oh. going to have like a meal service, like delivered to oh, their I house. Oh, I saw that one. And so, I commented. Oh, okay. Which <laughs> one worked best? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's like that was a that was one of the best decisions we made in the last two years was to do HelloFresh because it it meant 
there's only so many hours in the day. I didn't have to run to the grocery store. I didn't have to think about what we were eating. We, we had to still our, to cook it all. But. We had to like figure out. I think part of that is figuring out the life that you want. Is figuring out what do you want to do? What do you not want to do? Do you not? Yeah. Like that was a huge pain point for me personally, which then affected our whole family was there was just wasn't enough time. And planning for me for meals is like so anxiety ridden because it's like is everybody gonna like this am i gonna feed every you know i just hate it it's just it's no but just when we got hella fresh the kids were like what yeah we're like actually, eating a restaurant this is the greatest you know, one like of the really interesting were... one of the interesting factors i said that i didn't even know that would come from it, a side effect was that they tried more things and new things because oh. i didn't plan it i didn't like it was just this is what we got this is what How we many picked and you can't meals that we eat before someone was like, all right, this one I don't really like that much. Because they would rate it. Brody rates dinner every single night. All right, uh, guys, zero to ten. What do you think about this? Um, but anyway, so that's part of it is like designing that life. Piece, I think and that's it's a really figuring out like too. your pain points though of like what causes you the most like oh you always call them energy like what are your energy sucks what's a what's a plus and a minus it's giving you energy what's taking energy away so that leads me to my next part healthy workload. Am I doing a bunch of work that doesn't give me life energy? Um, and so that, that sounds a little woo-woo, I understand. But um, it's like that's all anything is made up of, right, is energy. And so, like, am I giving stuff that makes me feel good? Sometimes it's inevitable that I can't. Like, I hate grading essays. It is not something I love doing. <clears throat> but I know my friend Edie, um, she loves grading stuff and, and looking at writing. And that's why I send her all of my copy all the time. So, um, the, so it's really looking at that. And like, what, what can you get off your plate? Because I really believe and this is something in the last couple of years, I've really started doing more and more of this idea of if someone else can do it, I'm not going to do it. So if I can have kids organize my papers, if I can have kids clean my room, if I can have kids clean my whiteboard, if I can have kids grade multiple choice, then I'm not going to do it because I'm going to have someone else do it for me. And then that takes it off my, my plate. Um, so then looking at your workload, it's also looking at what are the things that are going to fill you up? I, used to work like look i'll tell you right now i mean shoot i'll work a 14 hour day without blinking an eye doing real rap with reynolds stuff um but the most for the most i'd say about 90 percent of that 95 percent of that i'm i love it it's so fun it's like being creative and connecting with people and doing all this stuff now there's five to ten percent of it that just sucks and i'm like <laughs> and my wife walks back and my hair is all crazy i'm like oh my gosh i feel like i'm gonna die um because it's just tiring but you know, it's learning that it's learning where, so here's what I do. I don't do balance. We do rhythms. So like learning what rhythm is going to work and when you have to slow that rhythm down, when you have to speed it up. And so it's learning those rhythms has really helped us a lot. And then how much is too much to be asked of me? I, I think that schools are going to keep giving you stuff until you, it's, it's like going, it's like, how much food is too much at a buffet, right? Like, I, I don't know. It's going to be different for everyone, but schools are going to keep giving you stuff. And so th the way that I give myself a, a beat to just think about it is I let schools know. if So if my principal came to me and said, hey, we have this really great opportunity. We want you to lead this thing after school. I'd say, I, thank you so much for considering me. Um, let me get 48 hours and I'm going to get back to you. I need to talk to my wife about it. I need to check with my kids. I need to look at my calendar. I need to make sure I can do it. Then that gives you a second. Um, but I never make decisions based on whether or not I think I'm going to get fired um, because I'm going to be a great teacher. That's what you hired me for. You didn't hire me to do lunch duty or bus duty or all the other like things that can come up to, to build sets for the play, to direct the play, to, oh, we need an assistant coach in the baseball team. Um, you're an able-bodied person. It is creating um it my decisions now this far in the game are i either say hell yeah to something or it's no if it doesn't super excite me um or it's not for someone that i deeply love at school and like want to help them in a moment then i just don't do it but there, that's the short short version and even though i know it was a long answer but <laughs> it's why we need why there's it's uh boot camp worthy mm -hmm. right Okay, our next question is coming from Miss L. How do you feel the fear and teach anyway? A mean, manip manipulative student, lack of leadership support, struggle struggle to make ends meet, financially car trouble, but need to try to finish the school year. Oh, gosh, we've been there. Yeah, um, I have uh, with every single thing that's on there. Yep, all at once. <laughs> it's hard. 
Miss L, this is a big question. Um, I, I'm trying to think of like, last year was so hard for me in a hundred ways of like, that it's not even worth like sitting here and listing out and trying to compare or something like that. That's not what I'm trying to do. But it is knowing what I've been given to do and like what is my mission, right? So this this helps me cut out a lot of the nonsense in school. What have I been given to do, right? Like what's what am I called to do? My, I'm called to be a teacher and to care for kids deeply and to build relationships and create consistency in the lives of children in the 48 minutes that I get to do that each day. Um, to connect with kids, to let kids that feel invisible know that they're visible by creating moments to talk with them, by um, putting googly eyeballs on them and telling them I got an eye on you, by uh, hanging out in the hallway, by having lunch with kids, over 30 kids every day in my classroom. This is, this is what I'm called to do. So then when all the other crap happens, it is that gives me a place that I feel rooted and grounded because I know what I'm about and what my why is. So is catering to your 13 to 15 like stupid observations every year important to me? No, it's not important to me. So I just like don't sweat it. Um, so what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'm not going to get fired. I'm teaching my I'm teaching my class off right like like every day. So so like you, you can't fire me because I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to be kick ass in here so I, I don't have time for like your you know one of the things i've said this before is like color coding my objective on the board every day like what like <laughs> like i mean that wasn't important no, there's so <laughs> much stuff that's not important that we're asked to do so it's cutting that out as much as possible right especially if you're leaving anyway and not doing it with like in like a passive aggressive way it's really clearing space so you can focus on what you've been given to do the other thing is you have got to, and this is part of a boot camp that's going to be part of the time management boot camp also. It has to be about you filling yourself up. You need to invest in you. I just said this in a video that I put out yesterday. Um, I think I said this in the last two videos, but it's this important. I'm going to say it again. In the beginning of the year especially, teachers think a lot about what they're going to put in their lessons, in their classrooms, on their body. So like the clothes that you're going to wear but they think very little, if at all, about what they're going to put into them. So investing in a mentor, investing in coaching, that's why we made the boot camp. The idea behind the boot camp was we want to give teachers a way to invest in themselves. Um, it is, you know, signing up for dance lessons, going axe throwing, go to one of those places. They have these great places. I've never been to one yet. We like go in a room and you get to break stuff. I really, really, really want to go do that. Yo, like when you're having a day yep. and like, because how many times like, uh, let's give a little insight on our relationship. I just said this the other day. <laughs> Uh-oh. We had like something dumb happen, right? I can't even remember what it was. That's how I know it was dumb. Something dumb happened and we got into like an argument and we we rarely anymore get into like screaming arguments. But when we were done, I remember thinking like, that actually like was really cathartic. Like that was like <laughs> the thing, like. Because otherwise we would have just went around the house all day and like not really talked and like. <laughs> but when you can just have it out, it made you feel like Fight Club. Yeah. Or like bit. that scene after the first time they fight in the parking lot and they're sitting there like drinking beers and like hitting golf balls into the abyss. Um, it's like this. It's a reset. Huh, yeah. It's like you just like got rid of all that stuff. So what can you do that's going to fill you up? That's going to make you show up. And then the last thing is when talking Hold about. On. Even just say real fast that I think that that's such an important part, like the outlet when you it's filling yourself up yet. Yes. But I think the outlet is like so important. So it's like, man, if you need to scream, if you need to like those are all so cathartic. Right. We all do them. You have a good cry, you have a good belly laugh. You have yep. a good like these high emotional like things can be so cathartic. And I think that that's important when you're dealing with like. She seems like th this person seems like they're dealing with a lot of similar things that we have dealt with, um, especially even last school year. It was really, yeah. really difficult on a level that we can't even articulate to people. And just compiled with like all the deaths that we've had personally. We've had a lot personally. So I just feel this and I feel like that 
level, if I could go find a, like, smash it place, a screaming place, an axe throwing, something that's, like, going to get your aggression out. And yeah. if that's you, I think it's knowing about really what you need exactly. to, to, to help facilitate in this. But but look at the ways, like, you that, have to do something. forced our hand last year it did. to do a number of things. Like, I, I'm in a number of different coaching programs right now, mastermind programs. I'm in... Um, I did, was back in therapy last year. I was seeing a spiritual director. Um, we made sure date night has only not happened one time since whenever the hell we instituted it. It might have been in January. So yeah, at least the last six months, we have only missed one time, and it was because something came up, and I think we were somewhere else. Something was going on. Yeah, um, we like made But even choice, if we but... can't, we go on the Saturday instead of Friday. It's every Wednesday's friend day. So... At 3 o'clock, my wife goes to one of her friend's house. I go to my buddy's bar that he owns in South Philadelphia, McCusker's Tavern, best bar in South Philadelphia, um, and just hang out. And we laugh, and we tell stories, and we eat poor – we make poor choices with eating. I'm not saying that I'm eating oatmeal cream pies, but somebody in this room might be eating oatmeal <laughs> cream pies. Um, I love them. <laughs> and so we are just like – that. all that stuff and plus a ton more is stuff you're pouring into – yourself we went on three dates last week do you realize this we did and we kind of have another one tonight yeah, really we have another night tonight we went to the movies we went out to an outdoor concert and we went on regular date night out for like drinks and hanging let's out just throw the caveat we asked our kids to come on some of these things they just don't no one know. wants they're to teens. go yeah because they're teenagers um so with three dates that's unheard of but I'm, here's what here's what i'm getting at when you're pushing that much stuff into your life and you don't even have to do that much it is like it's like you, when someone's being manipulative, you just don't care as much because you'll feel great when things happen in your life and you already feel great. They don't have as drastic of an impact on you. But when you're feeling kind of shitty and then shitty stuff happens, that's when you go, that's when you start hating everything in your life. That's when you're like, why do we even get this house? Why do we have this car? Why do we have the dumb dog? The I dumb know. dog oh. threw up again on the rug. But if you're feeling great, you're like, it, the dog throws up, it becomes like, oh, buddy, are you all right? Yeah. Here, it's okay. We it's have okay. definitely been in both of no, those places. But but wait, the dog doesn't even know what to do, because when it's a bad day, you're just like, where are you going? You're the worst. I had a moment the other day, and he was in, his, in our room and all on my bed, and I, he always lays on my side, and he likes to, like, he yeah, ends up yeah. slobbering on my bed, and it's gross, and I, like, kick him off. So I got, but I was already in a bad mood or something, and he came in, and I yelled at him. He ran out no, so that's fast, what he hides on the bad. dining room table. I was like, oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, um, real fast, I want to say there was a lot of women in there talking about, ra- in the comments, talking about rage cleaning <laughs> Like angry cleaning, angry purging. Those are all really great habits, I want to say. We have a few of those. When we get in a fight yeah. and we are like not talking to each other, we both like work really fast and aggressively around the house and get but things I'll say done. This. <laughs> but then how much shit do we get done? We get so much stuff done. And then all of a sudden we're like, man, we should get like, want to schedule one of these for uh, like two Fridays from now. Let's have a blowout. And then I'll, I will, I will again do something dumb or say something stupid. And then, uh, Let's get We're it all done. done. Okay, let's ask. There's a question over on Facebook I want to get it. to. It's from Sarah. She's asking, um, oh, I've seen your videos on classroom management, but can you review the top three tricks to begin the year with that will set you up for, oh, I guess a redo, um, for success in that area of classroom management? Yes. Uh, well, first of all, Sarah, I just put a link in the uh, in the description. We're, this is literally what we're talking about. I think Sarah's trying to get you to with, answer um, this so she doesn't have to trying. come to bed. Yeah, no. <laughs> just kidding. It's like when I it's like when we watch we do a number of online courses to learn how to like do different things in our life, and I can't stand when they're too long. I'm just like, dude, just give me the just cut the cut to the chase. So um, I think classroom management, I would say, is about. Um, Having building has to be consistency in your classroom. Um, number one, right? It's like building in having policies, procedures, and things in your classroom that are built to help kids find success, not to minimize trouble. Although they will minimize trouble when you're making all of your rules, policies, and procedures based on um, this is how we have to do it because otherwise you're going to try and get away with something, otherwise, you're going to do something bad, otherwise, everyone's going to go to the bathroom at one time. We're not doing that. Like, it's like having it come from a positive place that's one the other thing is um and and then really being consistent with that like just because a kid doesn't want to do it just because someone questions you like it's it's everyone wants to know why um 
part of it is like knowing why, like all your whys, right? So that consistency part is married with the ability to say why. And so in the boot camp, what I'm going to do is give like a whole bunch of questions that kids ask me at the beginning of every year. Like, why do we have to read? Why do we have to do this? Why do I have to be in this class? What if I didn't ask for this elective? What if, I... and how I answer all of them. I have a why for every single thing in my classroom. So I'm going to give a bunch of those on a sheet. So you, like if kids ask you, um, this is at least my response of how I do it. The second thing is um, student relationships. You have to connect with your students. Um, and you don't have to be best friends with every single kid that comes in your class. I'm not even saying you have to be friends, but you have to, building relationships is more than just fuzzy. It is knowing who you're teaching. When you know someone better, you know how they learn, you know what their strengths are, you know what their weaknesses are, you know what they, um, who they gravitate towards, you know what's going on in their life. It helps you to educate them better. And then I think the other thing is deeply, is married to that, deeply understanding who you're teaching. And so one of the ways you do that is connecting with parents um, and having like a like a, a fuller sense, a fuller picture of who your students are. And that kind of stuff helps with classroom management on a, on a drastic, drastic scale. Okay, I know it's two o'clock and we probably need to go because we have a busy afternoon. We do. Um, I do want to answer them. this next question. Or Can I tell everyone what we're doing real quick before you tell them it? Oh, sure. Is that be all right? Yeah. Uh, tonight we're going to... Um, I've been to a lot of these lately. Uh, students that I used to have that are getting married. So my guy, Darren Braxton, um, I taught him when he was a senior. He was um, one of the more difficult kids I've ever taught. Um, like, curse me out. Like, I'm, Braxton, I'm going to put you on blast right now, bro. Curse me out. Not doing work. Falling asleep in my class. Curse acting a fool out. and stuff. Yes. Um, and the end of his senior year, he was going to fail high school if he didn't pass my class and I don't push kids through, I don't, if you fail, if 60s are passing and you get a 59, I'll give you the bump ever, ever, ever. Um, because I've done things a hundred other moments during the year, a thousand other moments during the year to help you out. And so I don't play, I don't play that game. Braxton was going to fail, came to me and pleaded with me. And we had the real, he will tell you it was the realest conversation he ever had in his life. Um, and now my man is successful. He's a teacher. He is a pillar of his community. And I'm not, I'm not taking all the credit for this. I'm going to take a little bit of credit for it because, you know, <laughs> you owe me Braxton. But um, and, and now he's getting um, married to his college sweetheart. And we are one of only two. So it was my wife and myself and then one other teacher from my school that are being um, invited to this. And I cannot wait to go. I've brought I have. He doesn't know this bags and bags and bags of confetti right oh, so we like we go to a wedding in. and there's a song and it's i talk about this in the book too and it builds up and that climactic moment of the song everybody has a handful of confetti and you throw it in the air and it looks like freaking footloose it's awesome man and then i bought a champagne bottle that you twist the bottom of it and confetti shoots out of the top of it so we i mean we are ready to throw down like we're ready and we yeah. got great outfits because so we love yeah ready. we do we love weddings. Weddings are yeah. proms for adults. They are. Um, it's awesome. It's an extra date night. Okay, I want right, to um, answer this last question for Debbie. Um, she, I don't know where it is in the comments to, to okay. pop it up on the screen, but I'll just read it here. She's saying, I just left a school during COVID madness, and I'm nervous about the negative impact on my career that it will have when they check, um, when they check the last school. How do I avoid the ne negative implications without addressing it when they ask what the reason was that you left? I feel anyone would have left in that situation. Um, oh, thank you. That's a great question. Yeah, and um, I feel like she has can't be the only one. There was there was that's very hectic during COVID. Yeah, and if you left a school because you disagreed with something or the COVID policies or procedures or wasn't handled appropriately, like whatever your reason was. Man, to me, I just think it was valid. It's valid for you and your life. And who is supposed to, who, who has the authority to tell you what was valid and what wasn't? I am real big. The older I get, the, the more I am just like, you don't get to tell me how to think or feel about anything. I am who I am and what bothers me bothers me. And what doesn't bother you doesn't bother you and good for you. But we're all agitated by what we're agitated for a certain reason. So I just think you do you and you just be honest and. That's it. That's my advice. You got anything? It wasn't even directed to me, but go for it. <laughs> I want to tell you right now that remember when you used to didn't even want to talk on the I mic? I know. You would See what whisper you did? to Dang me. Dang it. 
now you're on fire. That's a great answer. Thank right? You. I think it's this, Debbie. It's it is holding tight to what you're you know what you're about, right? You are not the uh, accumulation of everyone else's opinions about you. Facts. Right? And so that negative voice that's talking in the back of your head, that's somebody else's ideas. Right? You are worthy. You're important and you do good stuff. Go do good stuff. Like if you want to have me at your school, know that I'm going to be a I, I will do be the best version of myself. I my hope is to show up as the best version of myself that I can so that I can uh, deeply impact the lives of students and the people that I'm working with around me. And so when you get to do that, do you have your hand up? I do because I want to say something. I will, I, I will remember. <laughs> Um, so thank you. Thank you for, uh, see the consistency, right? We build consistency. No. Um, I think that it's holding on to your why, why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you leave? And then what I try not to do is go into like any new situation. Uh, so if I, if I was going to another school, I wouldn't say like, well, this is why I left. Cause they were doing all this stuff wrong. It's just not a good fit. It just wasn't a good fit anymore. It was my time to go. And I'm really looking forward to being a part of something new, something where, um, I can really impact the lives of the children and the community in which I'm working. Like that's what I'm here about. So it's not focusing on that. It's focusing on why, where you're going and what you want to do and what you've been given to do. And that's where I would, I would focus my attention. Yeah. I think if you have to go into the situation, like into the conversation, I also, you, I don't know what your situation and why it is that you left obviously, but you said, I feel anyone would have left in that situation. So you can also spin it as a positive to this new admin. It's like they should want people that that aren't going to be abused by a system or they should want because that what that shows is a, is a leadership an ability to stand up for what you believe in. Those are all good qualities like they aren't. Don't let that negative voice like turn it into a bad for you for yeah. a negative. They, they can be you probably left for really good reasons. Yeah. It's, it's like this. You wouldn't start dating someone. And be like, listen, here are the reviews from my previous uh, people that I dated, um, and I want you to call them for a reference. It's like, you know why you got out of that. You don't even have to explain that to anybody. You don't. You go in and bring your magic that it makes you who you are into that new job, and I think that's what you focus on. Um, and to hell with everything. You don't have to explain anything to anybody in the world. Yeah, you really don't. And that's, and that's so hard for me to remember. I'm an over-explainer. I love to like. I, we have this conversation all the time. I know. Time, where you're I like, always, well, what if they ask about this or what if they do this? Like, who cares? I don't or care. I just, for me, it's also my anxiety. Like I, I ramble. The more anxious I am, the the more chatty I am. It's it's out of anxiety, most of the time. Yeah, but that, that's a whole other yeah, conversation. Yeah, yeah. But that's an important conversation because we know things about one another like that yeah. we do, and it's like the gentle reminder of like, okay, <laughs> you're doing the thing, right? Yes. So like, um. Cool. We good? Oh, there's plenty more questions. I wish we could answer them all. But, I know, you know, I know. But it's 2.06 and we have, uh, look, Braxton's wedding. I got to go get all fresh and ready looking because um, I'm going to be in this wedding with all these young bucks, like, looking fresh and fly. And I don't want to look like the old guy that, like, someone's old dad can't. I mean, I still will, but I... Your hair look, already looks good. See, look this is why, men, I can't stand you. Like, you really just have to get dressed. Like, you already look good. You've got to throw on some clothes. Not fair. Do you know how much stuff I did? Do you know how much hey, prep? nails toes i gotta go no. do some hair I'm like playing Fortnite for like I two know. hours while you're getting ready oh i know that's how so, I'm it's more for I me than you, you. well okay. look before we go i just want to remind everyone if you need it or if someone else needs it that you know we are doing the back to school boot camp on august 9th and 10th it's at 7 30 p.m eastern standard time we're gonna be focusing on building relationships with students and parents and classroom management which i think are inseparable you cannot have effective one without the other and so we really want to do a deep dive. There's going to be a ton of resources that you're given that are a part of this. You'll get templates. You'll get rubrics. You'll get um, all, all the stuff. Um, uh, all the stuff that everybody always asks us for and yeah, once. Yeah. It'll Just be made and one. ready. And then there's three levels, right? So, like, we try to really price it for teachers. But if you do that level three – then you're getting um, so if you do the the basic level, um, you just you get the training. So you come to the to the boot camp. If you do level two, you get the resources with it. If you go to level three, you're also going to get a Q and A after each uh, boot camp, um, both nights, and um, we're going to feel this out, see what dates work for everyone. But there's going to be a couple of dates in September that you can kind of beam in, and we're going to have very small group Zoom sessions 
where you can say, look, I tried this and it didn't work, or I need help with this, or this is what's going on, or this worked really great, but now I'm not sure what to do with this. Anything you might, it's like this, it's like Sunday teacher talk, but like with 10 people it's kind in of, a Zoom I call room. it a mini mentor session. Yeah. It's more like what CJ would do on the one-to-one, but you're going to get this in a small group setting, yeah. but not too large. We want to keep them. We'll do multiple if we needed to keep the yeah. group small. Look, and then the last thing, gang, don't forget to, uh, if you know someone, look, our whole game, uh, like thing we're trying to do here is help teachers be the teachers are called to be. If you know someone that this might work, help, um, if you think that, uh, you know, me coming to your school and speaking or running professional development or doing a keynote or whatever, um, please reach out to us. You can go right to realrapwithreynolds.com and get all the information there. And uh, we can help you with whatever we can help you with. I don't see the banner for that anymore. Did you get rid of it? No, it's right here. What's going on? It's right there, there it is. It's on a piece <laughs> of masking tape. Um, but that's it, gang. I really, really appreciate all of you, and I hope that you have the most wonderful Sunday ever and the greatest beginning of it to your school year. Uh, and hopefully we see you on August 9th and 10th for the boot camp. Um, you good, wife? Yep. Cool. Peace. Peace.